I'd like to say a few words today on the concept of God's presence with us. Now, it's something that we know as fact. We talk about it often and we quote substantially Matthew 28, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And so it's almost with us entirely the whole time we know God is present with us. I just want to look today at two passages in the Old Testament and just make a few comments about it and leave it at that. The first passage is Deuteronomy and I want to highlight verse 8 which says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. The way in which the New American puts it is this, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will, he will be with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. And it's important, I think, for us to just stop for a moment in, the, in terms of the context of that verse. Um, not only is God going ahead of us, not only is he going to be with us, but the context of those words being said is that in Deuteronomy 31, it's right towards the end of Moses' life. In fact, the, the chapter starts off with uh, the exclamation that um, Moses says to Israel, I'm now 120 years old. Now, um, hopefully some of us will make that, but he knows that he's not crossing over to the Jordan. So he addresses the assembled Israelites and he says to them, the Lord will cross over ahead of you. The Lord himself will cross over ahead of you. Now, before we go further, just let's put this whole situation in context. These are people who have been wandering for 40 odd years in the desert. And we think of the desert wanderings as a kind of um, stroll through the desert. When you go and read through Deuteronomy, I was reading this morning, I think in Deuteronomy 3, and some of the battles that they had and how um, bloody they actually were and what was required of the children of Israel as they passed through. It was, it was no mere stroll in a park. It was a fierce battle all the way through to the land of promise. And so there's been these many years after they've been um, freed from the slavery of Egypt and from the whole 400-year history of being oppressed, they now struggle through an intense period of 40-odd years in, in difficult circumstances. And I think to frame this for us is to put it into the context of, of the way that we live now, uh, we, we, we're undergoing a, a certain amount of stress. There's a certain sense that economically, politically, medically, and in various different ways, socially, mentally, psychologically, there is extra pressure being put on us as individuals, as communities, as countries. And what Moses is saying to them is, don't stress. Don't stress. God will go ahead. The Lord will go ahead of you. He himself will cross over ahead of you. God is already out front of us. God is already um, uh, scouting the future. He knows the future. And there's no surprises for him. And he says to Israel that um, not only that, but Joshua will cross over ahead of you. There are people that are 
leading, who are concerned, that are thinking through what's going to come next and where we are going. And then he says to the Israelites, don't worry, the Lord will deliver you. And then he says to them this in verse 6, be strong and courageous. You have to, there's a certain responsibility that you need to take, that I need to take. We need to be strong and courageous. We need to put our trust and our faith in God that he knows exactly what he's doing. That if he's going out ahead of us, then the way is already marked. The way is already shown to us. He will direct our footsteps. And so it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. These are the people that they will find an encounter in the land of promise that they come to. Even though this was a land flowing with milk and honey that they knew of, that they were going into something that God had promised them, he's saying to them, there will be stuff that will happen. You will have to take the land. And as we know, they, f- they find Jericho as the first obstacle as they come into the land. Then there's Ai. And so it goes on. They have to take the land. It's not simply something that falls into their hands like a, a ripe apple off a tree. And God says to them, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He, he, he's saying to them, Moses is saying to Israel, don't worry. The Lord is not only going ahead of you, he will cross over ahead of you. He's gone, he's prepared the ground for you, but he will go with you. He'll hold your hand. And I think in the time that we're living in now, there is a a real need for us to be conscious as followers of Jesus that he goes ahead of us. He goes to prepare the place for us. He already has um, an idea of what's coming around the next bend. But he doesn't just stay out ahead of us. He comes and holds our hand. He says, I will go with you. Don't worry. I'll hold your hand through this. Be strong and courageous. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. And that's what Moses says to Israel. Those are the words that he gives to Israel. Then he summons Joshua. And he calls Joshua and he says, Hey, Josh, I've got a few things I need to tell you. And he said to them, he said to him, In the presence of Israel. So now he calls Joshua forward while he's still talking to Israel. And he says, He says specifically to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. He, he reiterates. He reinforces this need for strength and courage. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to give you. And then he ends off by saying this, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And so those words are spoken not only corporately to the entire people, but also personally to Joshua. And I think it's important for us to experience that exact same thing in this moment that we're living in. To say to ourselves, we know that the Lord is going ahead of us. We know that he will be with us as he goes through this. And that he says to us, do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Because not only am I going with ahead of you, I'm going with you. So don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Now, that's the context of that passage in Deuteronomy. And I think it's encouraging for us. It fills us with courage to know that 
wherever we move, things are already known. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says to Timothy at the end of the second letter that he writes to Timothy, he's giving his final instructions to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, he says to Timothy, Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now, the, the reason for discussing Deuteronomy uh, 31, verse 1 to 8 with you today is not just so that you personally feel comfortable and happy that God is going ahead of you and that he is there with you holding your hand through whatever lies ahead in terms of bringing in the kingdom of promise. But it's to say this to all of us, that it is also for us to be the bearers of light, the bearers of living water, the ones who bring life wherever we go. And when we talk about uh, being ambassadors, which we have in the last couple of weeks, of Jesus in a world that is lost and needs hope. This is what Paul is saying to Timothy. Timothy, your first call, port of call, may not be to be uh, an evangelist in the uh, classic sense, but he says, do the work of an evangelist. And what he is saying, and if we, 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 we've loaded this word evangelist, evangelism, with so much content, essentially all that Paul is saying to Timothy is, be a carrier of the good news. Be one who is ready with the good news to tell and show people what this good news looks like. And I'm not going to go into all the details of how we can say it, what we can say, what we can do. But Paul is encouraging Timothy, saying, wherever you go, do the work of an evangelist. Bring, be the bringer of good news wherever you go. And then he ends off by saying, fulfill your ministry. And again, in, in Greek, that word, um, which we get the word deacon from, diakosune, which is um, diakonia, sorry, which means simply to serve. And he's saying, be the bringer of good news. Serve those around you. Serve whoever is in front of you. Now, with that, that in mind, I'm saying, number one, be encouraged. God has gone ahead of us and he goes with us. But he does that and he says that to us, not only so that we can have some sort of comfort for ourselves, but that we in turn may be comforters, bringers of hope, bringers of life and living water. That we would do the work of being bringers of good news and serve those around us in their loneliness, in their lack of hope, in their stress and um, all the kind of difficulties that they face at this particular time in history. And then I want to end off with this morning, looking at a passage that you know well. It's Exodus chapter 3, because it, in a sense, contextualizes what's going on for us. Now we've gone back to the beginning of Moses' ministry, the, the beginning of his experience of God and you, you, you've had the initial story of Moses growing up and his young life and his um, uh, running from Egypt and he gets married in the desert and it says in chapter 3 
in Exodus chapter 3, it begins like this. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb. There's nothing spectacular about what Moses is doing. He's simply going about his daily work. He is now settled into life, into the rhythm of life in the desert with his father-in-law and his wife and his family that have adopted him. And he is doing the family business. He's actually out um, in the daily grind of life, essentially. He's on the far side of the desert. It's not somewhere where he's... um, unused to, he's got over the years ready and used to, there's just this pattern of behavior that's going on. And I want to point out to all of us that we all of us going about our daily life, it's shut down to some extent at the moment, but it will open up. And I need to remind myself constantly and all of us that it's in the daily routine that this next thing happens. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Now, drama. But it didn't start out like drama because it says that Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. There was something that tickled his um, senses that got him to stop for a moment to have a look. And so he thought, this is now just going on in his head, he thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. How alert are you and I to the signs of stuff going on around us? Are we so enamored with our own feelings and thoughts and comforts that we are um, so self-absorbed that we have very little space within our thinking, within our our, our um consciousness of the kind of things that are going on right in front of us. And so this bush begins to burn, but it doesn't burn up. And so he thinks, oh, let me go and have a look. And here's the interesting part. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. God doesn't call Moses from a distance and say, hey, come and look at this bush. I want to talk to you. Moses is going about his normal routine of caring for his, his, his father-in-law's flock, just doing the work that was part of what his life was all about. He was on the far side of the desert. It may have been a little more uh, um, dry. Who knows what it was like there? But then he thinks to himself, let me go over and have a look at this thing. It looks a little unusual. And it's in the process of moving towards that uh, situation that God says, ah, there he is. I see you coming over. And then he calls to him from within the bush. Over the days and weeks and months that lie ahead, I would really want to challenge us to be awake to where the bush is burning whether it's with our family or our neighbors, whether it's when we're off to work and um, in public transport, it doesn't matter where we are. Are we busy listening to see where God has gone ahead of us, where the bush is burning? 
And as we move towards it, we may not know exactly how we're going to respond. We may just simply be thinking to ourselves, oh, let's go and have a look. Let's see what's going on here. Lord, help me. And it's in that moment that God will speak to us. It's in that moment. It's only as you step out of the boat and begin to walk on water that we begin to hear the voice of God saying to us, this is the way I want you to go. And when he'd gone over, the Lord, uh, gone over to look, God called to him and said from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And so it's a very simple thought today. It's just a sense of, at the, at the beginning of Moses' life, this understanding that it's only as he, as he moves towards the bush that is burning that he hears the voice of God. But he has a clarity after all the years of leading the children of Israel through the desert that God goes ahead of him, that God goes with them, that they need to be uh, strong and courageous. And it's only as we are strong and courageous in the understanding that God is with us and takes us through this. We need not be afraid. We need not be anxious. We need not fear or be discouraged. We will see the glory of God as we do the things that he's called us to do. Like Timothy, let's be bringers of good news. Let's continue to serve those that we come into contact with. In the name of Jesus. Amen.